Hey, why don't we open up our Bible, if you've got one with you, and uh, just want to share something just briefly, just uh, look in Ephesians chapter 6, passage we're really familiar with. We're celebrating Father's Day and fatherhood, day to honour dads, and uh, a day to celebrate dads. And uh, I found, though, on a Father's Day, there's always quite a, a mixed range of emotions. And uh, when people come to talk about fathers, on Mother's Day, it's quite different, but Father's Day, often there's sort of, you can have this, there's this feeling going on in the church. And uh, for, for some, uh, you know, we need to understand that, that, uh, that Jesus taught us that God is to be related to as a father, that we could come to him and know as a father. So the whole of the revelation of God to us is that God is a father, and fathers have a vital part in representing what God is like, the father nature of God. The mothers have uh, a vital role of representing the mother or nurturing nature of God, and together they're to represent the image of God. But so, so for many people here, you'll have all kinds of uh, memories of your father. For some, if you think about father and say, "Father," there's warmth, there's uh, a feeling of great joy. For some, there's uh, there's great memories of times together. For some, there's real sense of appreciation. Some. Uh, notice how many times the wrestling one came up with dads and the fun thing came up with dad. So for many people here, you'll have memories of your dads which are very tender, very fond. There'll be things that you can remember doing together and there'll be aspects of your dad. And as soon as you think of him, there's, a, there's a automatically a really positive heart response. And that's how it should be too. That we would, out of that connection with our, our earthly father, be prepared to be open that we've got a heavenly father who's loving, caring, who's concerned about us, who's interested in us, who will never leave us, who actually isn't interested in our life, who has a destiny for us. Unfortunately, though, the image of God has been so broken in so many families that when others think about Father, there's different emotions come up. So for some of you today, there may be, when you think Father, there's disappointment. You don't even want to think the word Father. For some of you, uh, the word that would come up would be grief. For some, it may be the word anger. For some, it may be the word um, hatred. Some, it'll be the word fear. For some, it'll be the word abandoned. And those words, bring, those words describe feelings many people have. And that's far wider than we realize. Just been in, a, uh, in some places in Australia. Actually, it doesn't matter where we go. And uh, Ian, who travels widely, would know this too. And anyone who travels and ministers understands that wherever you go in the world, there's these deep breaches in lives in the area of fatherhood. And so one of the great things that God wants to do is restore fatherhood, to restore the image of man, to restore fathers so they're functioning as God intended, both in the church and also in the home and family. In the, last, in the closing passage in the, in the last testament, when there's 400 years of silence, God speaks this word. He says that before the coming of the Lord, before the second coming of the Lord, God would pour out his spirit in a particular way, and it had a particular purpose. And I know many people are hungry for the outpouring of God and hungry for God's spirit and hungry for signs and wonders, but the last words of the Old Testament conclude with this, that God would pour out his spirit in such a way that the hearts of fathers would turn to their children. And that seems to describe that in the last days or in, in the latter uh, part before Christ comes, that there would be significant breakdowns in families and breaches between fathers and their sons and daughters. And that the heart of God, God notices that. God notices what fathers do. He notices what they don't do. 
And so his closing words in the Old Testament before Jesus came was to say that he would pour out his spirit to shift the hearts of fathers and then also to turn the hearts of the children. Notice, first of all, fathers. So if you're a dad here today, your role may have been undermined by the values the world projects, but in God's eyes, you have a significant and a powerful role. You are important in God's plan for the next generation. And uh, you need to value the role you have and then ask God to help you. How does that work? What does that look like? For some of us, we'll be able to come from our family background and say, well, good fathering looks like this. Others may not be able to look back and say, good fathering looks like this. There'll be just a vacancy and they're not too sure what good fathering looks like. So there's a tremendous need in this hour for the turning of the hearts of fathers to the children. And God promises that that would happen. So when Jesus came, it's interesting about Jesus, the Bible says he is the express image of what God is like as a father. And we won't develop much of it. I want to just share just a couple of aspects of it just in this message today. But if you were to look at the life of Jesus, you may see the miracles, may also sorts of kinds of things in Jesus. But I encourage you to read the gospel again and look this time to see that Jesus represents what God is like as a father. There's both strength and tenderness. There is consistency and there is courage. There is strong character and strong determination. There is a clear sense of purpose and there's also a clear sense of being connected and relating. There are many things you see as you look at Jesus. I want to show you just one thing that, uh, and, and there's so many things we could share. I just want to show you just a couple of things here. Here's the first one we have a look at, and it's in Luke chapter 3. If you go and look in the book, the book of Luke, Luke 3. And I want to just share briefly the interaction of Jesus' Father, or God the Father, with Jesus as a son. And uh, the Bible's very clear that we're called to respect and honor our parents because there is blessing flows out of that. I was talking to one young man I prayed for, and this young man had a... Uh, he had uh, major pains in his shoulder, and he came up on a word of knowledge. God showed this knee. He came up on a word of knowledge, and as he came up, the Lord showed me that deep in his heart, there was this deep root of bitterness against his father. And I said to him, I said, how do you get on with your dad? And he said, oh, fine. I love my dad. And the Lord just began to sh share a few things with me. He said, isn't it true your dad was away at every important event that you really wanted him to be there? He said, that's true. And I said, isn't it true also you have developed a deep root of bitterness in your life against him. And he said, that is true. He said, actually, I'm quite angry. And so um, I said, well, if you just forgive and let go and do what God says to honor your father, there'll be a shift. You've got a spirit of infirmity. And so he repented of the attitude he held towards his father. Instead of focusing on the lacks, focused on what was good and repented and forgave him, we prayed for him. He was immediately healed. And he had what would be a life-threatening problem. There were pains in every joint in his body. His back was seizing up, and the doctor had prescribed by the age of 40, he would be stiff in his back, unable to bend. And immediately as we prayed for him, God set him free of a spirit that tormented him. Notice what it says in, in, in Ephesians. It says that if we honor our father and mother, it said this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, number one, and two, two parts to this, and that you may live long implying that the flow of our life and relationships is deeply impacted by the attitude we have to both father and mother. And when we have a place of honoring, respect, and valuing where we have come from, 
there is a flow of blessing automatically introduced into our life. Or there's the absence of tremendous problems that we could have. The second thing in that, it is an indication that when we honour and respect and value our parents, that it affects our health. And so in this particular case with this young man, his health was deeply impacted by his attitude to his father. In fact, his life and his whole future would be deeply shortened because he had an issue and attitude towards his dad. When he put it right, he was set free. I prayed for another woman, and this woman was facing uh, an issue where she wanted advice on her, uh, on a, on a, she wanted to marry this guy. And I thought, it's strange you would be coming to me. Uh, your own church should sort this out. Anyway, she said, what do I do? This guy wants, has asked me to marry him. And I said, oh, okay. Then is he a Christian? She said, no. I said, well, we could stop here. <laughs> but we won't stop here. We'll go a little further. I said, what is it about this man? She said, well, actually, I was going with him before for quite some time. And then she said, we broke up. And then I got involved with another guy, had a child of him, and then we broke up. And now this guy wants to marry me. The first guy wants to marry me. And I said, oh, wow, okay. So uh, you broke up, and now he wants to, you want to... I said, you know, why did you break up? And she said, well, uh, he was unfaithful. I said, really? How many times? She said, about three times he was unfaithful to me while we were together. And I said, well, he's unfaithful to you while you're together. He hasn't become a Christian, hasn't changed in his heart attitude. I would say your future looks just like the past, that you'll have a lot more of the same because there's a deep root issue here in his life, unresolved, of unfaithfulness. You are going to marry an unfaithful man. You will have a life filled with difficulties. I said, by the way, tell me about your own dad. And she said, I don't get to see him much. I said, why is that? She said, well, uh, she said, our family broke up when I was a teenager. I said, I guess that was very sad and really upset your life. She said, yes, I really got upset. I was really angry with him. And uh, he just left us. And I said, really? I said, can you tell me why the, the marriage broke up? This is what she said. My father was unfaithful to my mother. I said, just out of interest, how many times? And she had three different women. I said, can you not see the connection between what you are facing now and what you have not resolved in your past? That the dishonor that you have put on your dad because of his failure and you're judging him you are now reaping in your life, and your life is not going well. And not only that, it's not going to go well in the future. There's something has gone wrong, and instead of looking whether I should marry this man, you need to look into your heart and say, where have I missed what God wants for me? And uh, I, so I talked to her about the need to just relook at her attitude to her root source, where she came from, and to come to a place of respect and honor and value of her dad, because this would change the rest of her life. Honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you. So the implication is clear. If we don't honor or we dishonor, then there's going to be problems in our life and relationships that we can never find an answer for and we can never solve. They just keep happening in a cycle. What a great thing to get your heart free and be able to say, honor is my gift I give to my dad. It's something I want to give to him out of a heart that's free. The Bible is also very clear that the blessing means that our life, our health will be affected. And I've prayed for many, many people, and the root cause of their health problem was an unresolved issue that went right back to family. So let's just have a look at one verse here, and then I'm going to close up. And it's found in Luke chapter 3. It's where we are. And, uh, and this is Jesus' 
first appearance in public ministry. And it says, verse 21, when the people were baptized, it came to pass, Jesus also was baptized, and while he prayed, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Now, just bearing in mind what we've been sharing, I want to add some things to it. And I want to show you several things that God as a father did in the relationship with Jesus. And the thing to first realize is this, is that to be a father or to have a child is just a physical act. But to be a father is a spiritual and heart issue. You can have children but not be a father, not a real father. Fatherhood is a heart and a spiritual issue. That's why the Bible says God wants to turn hearts of fathers back into their family, in the church and also in the community. So have a think about this. A father's role is more than just providing food, enough to eat, some education, and uh, giving some kind of uh, guidance, whatever. It's much more than that. Because if a father's role is just to provide the necessities of life, then what you find, and I've discovered this happened with many children, the moment they kind of left home, got a job, dad gave up. That was it. His job's finished. He just went off and did his own things after that. Very, very sad. Father's role is far more than that. Father's role primarily is to shape the heart of their child so they'll fulfill their destiny. Shape the heart of their child to fulfill their destiny. Shape the heart of their child to fulfill their destiny. So have a think about that. Shaping the heart of a child. Shaping what they believe about themselves. I want you just to see several things in here that form part of that. Number one, you notice it said the heaven was open. In other words, the father or God as a father gave free access to Jesus. In fact, you read all the time through Jesus' life, he said, I'm constantly communicating with my father. He said, each day I'm able to outwork in my life the things I see him doing. He's talking to me all the time. So he said, so one of the first things you see is that there was easy access every day to his father. Sometimes fathers get so busy or preoccupied, there's no access easy to their heart. Remember, he didn't just have physical access. He had an access to the heart of his father to find out what God's heart was for people. Think about that, access to the heart. Second thing was, you notice that the father did this, apart from giving him access and making time for him and showing interest in him. The second thing you notice here are the words of identity. He spoke in identity, you are my beloved son. One of the huge issues that this generation is facing is one of identity, who am I? If we'd ask who you are, I'd say, well, it's Bryden. Bryden who? Bryden Nisbet. So there's an identity. This person has a first name, but also he's part of a family legacy. So every person has an identity. Now, the fathers are the one who help shape the identity of the child, who speak in specifically to call their children forth to stand up and to give them a sense of strength. This is who you are. When you find children entering teenage years, one of the big issues is a huge insecurity and one of the greatest things a father can do is make time and then speak into the child's life and affirm who they are. And that, notice that identity. Jesus was incredibly secure. He knew who he was. Interesting, if you're not sure who you are and what your identity is, you'll try and find it by performing to do something or working to get things. I'm someone because I have a position. I'm someone because I have money. I'm someone because of this thing I've done. 
that God wants you to be free to know who you are in him without doing anything. He wants you to be free of the pressure. You've got to do something to prove who you are. You notice even in the male world, when you meet someone, they'll say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Hey, what do you do? In other words, there's this huge shaping of identity around what the man does rather than you are of value because you're a person made in the image of God. Next thing you notice here that, Jesus, that, that the father spoke to him, he said, you're my beloved son, my beloved son and him are well pleased. Words of affirmation. Notice the words beloved and pleased. This is one of the things, you know, we can be physically thirst, hungry, you can be spirit, uh, thirsty literally, but most people are thirsty to be affirmed that I'm a person of value. This, this is a thirst which is global. God made it like that, that we have a need for affirmation. And one of the things that God will do always, he'll affirm you. He'll always affirm your value. He'll always affirm your worth. And many people, when they think of God, think of someone disapproving, I never do enough, I'm not good enough, whatever. That's not how God is. God is actually affirming of your worth and your value. So you find when God meets with people, talks with people right through the Bible, one end to the other, he, he calms their fear and speaks into their identity and their value. Gideon, you mighty man of valor. That's identity. Rise up, I am with you. Affirming him. Affirming his presence. So think about the last time you heard words spoken. Think about the last time you spoke words that just affirmed someone is valuable and loved. Someone is precious. You know, there's lots of people. Here. This is a wonderful church, a wonderful people. And I just, one person I just noticed there immediately is Bill. And Bill, I just love Bill. He's a great person in my eyes. And why he's a great person? I've noticed generosity and kindness. I've known you all these years, Bill, and your business. I know you're going through transition right now. But one of the things I've noticed that you bought a culture of kindness into your business. You know, it's not something you see in an accounting world, but you've outworked kindness to people, you've helped people. You've undercharged them. You've overhelped them. And anyone going to you has always experienced a tremendous warmth. You're just a great person, a really great person. I want you to know I love you and appreciate you. I really do. Yeah. So even though he pulls people's shirts out, he's got a rascal side to him as well. <laughs> And I love the fact you love V8s. I like V8s too. <laughs> just the last couple of things then, just, and we're finished. Notice here, a voice came from heaven, and then the Holy Spirit settled upon him. God touched him. You know, touch is an important words, un unqualified access, access to the heart, words of identity, words of affirmation, gentle words, loving words, and touch. Touch is a crucial part of just building connection and relationship. Men have a bit of a trouble doing this. He's going to pat on the back, <laughs> rather than just a real hug. I remember praying for one young guy, and he'd been abused by his father, abandoned by his father, rejected by his father, turned to homosexuality in teenage years. Then he gave his heart to Christ, got saved, and he came up and shared his testimony. And I remember thinking, I'd like to just hug him. And he was a young Indonesian boy, about uh, 18, I suppose. Uh, so when I got up to speak, I said, yeah, I'd just love to give you a hug. And uh, he, I said, would you mind if I did that? Just give you a hug. And, uh, and I just put my arms around him and hugged him, and he was like a, <clears throat> like, like a rock. And I just hugged him and held him and thought, God, I know you love this young man. Help, just let your love flow like a river into him. And it was like holding a piece of board. And then suddenly he cracked and wept and wept. 
as he felt love flow into him, as he felt someone's heart open to him, instead of all that he'd experienced for years, just abuse and hardness. Touch is an important part of connecting. It's why dads get physical. Dad's touching tends to be we wrestle with the kids or push them around or tickle them or things like that. But there's also a need for a hug and an appropriate uh, uh, affirmation. And finally, dads give a legacy. You notice that what happened in here is that God imparted his own spirit, what he is like, his own DNA. He put it into Jesus. He, he imparted to him, gave him something of himself. And when Jesus entered the end of Jesus' ministry, this is what he said, what, God, what the Father gave me, I want to give you and put the same into you. It's the spirit that'll shape your life and make you a child of God, let you know who you are and express the life of God through you. What a great gift. What a great gift. And so you find the Father interacting with the Son. You have a look at Jesus' life and ministry. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen exactly what God is like because I've taken on his nature and his character. So think about this. You can leave money to your children, but what you put in their hand, they can lose. But if you touch their heart and put a legacy in their heart, it will never be taken away. The prodigal son lost all the money his father gave him, but he had something sown in his heart. And so when he got to the bottom of his life, he said, man, I should be back in my father's house. He was kind to everyone. He remembered the kindness. He remembered the nature of the father. And he said, I'll go back and I'll reconnect with him. And he came back with a changed attitude and his true legacy was established. Isn't it amazing? Why don't we just close our eyes right now? Perhaps there's someone here today and you haven't yet received Christ. It'd be a great day to receive Jesus Christ. Jesus said this, to everyone who received him, everyone who received him, he gave the right, the power, the privilege of becoming a child of God if they believed in his name, who he is. He's the Savior. Today, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, you're not yet a Christian. A Christian is a person who's made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, to acknowledge that he has died on the cross for our sins, risen from the dead, and that God was in him. I wonder today, is there anyone here at that point, you just acknowledge, I want to become a Christian, want to give my life to Jesus. Would you raise your hand if that's you? Just raise your hand. Is there any person here today, just right at that place of making that decision, I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you. It'd be a great day to make a decision to receive Christ. Perhaps there's others here today, and uh, maybe God challenged you in your own heart as you think about your father. There's feelings. Some feelings you, you don't really want to go there. But let the Holy Spirit take you to the place where those feelings are negative and just find it in your heart to release forgiveness. Acknowledge if there's grief, disappointment, and lack, and release forgiveness. Make a decision. I will honor my father. I'll honor his memory. I will actually make it my gift to him. Maybe others here today, and as you think about your own uh, fatherhood, you, you know God is challenging you not to be so remote and distant, but to actually intentionally engage and let your heart connect to your children. If there's a block there, what is the block? What's stopping you facing it and resolving it? Can you imagine what it would be like if you rose up in your fatherhood and were different to what our culture is and could speak words of identity, affirmation, words that brought correction and guidance, words that imparted destiny, 
call forth what is in your child's heart. That's what this generation is looking for. I've been through Asia and I've seen people with more money you can imagine, but the thing that people are still crying for is a father to connect to their heart. And so I believe in you and I see your call to do this. And I'm with you. I'll always be with you. So perhaps today there's some fathers feel the challenge to think again what you might be doing with your children and begin to deepen your connection so it's a heart connection that works to call forth the very best in them. Perhaps you're a son and you're thinking, or a daughter, and you're thinking about your dad, and you're thinking, I need to actually go and put something right. Whatever God spoke to you today, just make a decision. I'll act on it. And today's my day of change. Father, Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you that you've loved us, continue to love us, and will never leave us. No matter what we do, you are always looking for us to reconnect with you. Perhaps you're a believer here today and you've strayed and you walk with God, but disappointed, offended or whatever. Make a decision today that God is bigger than your offense and you'll just let it go so you can walk again with him. Father, I just bless Bay City every family here and believe for the flow of your presence and love to touch each one in Jesus' name. Bless families, bless fathers today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Well, don't forget there's man food time out there in the cafe. I don't even know what that could be, but I'm feeling hungry just thinking about it. I think we'd be good men to make a Grab someone else and take them into the man food place. God bless you. Have a fantastic day today. Fantastic family time together.